Chapter Eleven, Part Two of *The Nightland* by William Hope Hodgson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. *The Nightland*, Chapter Eleven, *The Homeward Way*, Part Two. And when we were come again to the top of the shore, the which we did in two good hours, I looked over the land a time with mine own an eye to me and I perceived that the great red fire-pit of the giants did be no mighty way off unto the south and west, and surely in a little moment we saw that there went monstrous figures against the shine of the mighty fire-pit, and we stooped unto the earth, for it did seem that the light did be like to show us standing there, though truly we did be afar off as you perceive. Yet mayhaps you do share with us the utter horror and distress that those horrid men did cast about the heart, and so have a kindly understanding of our fear. And all over the land, in this place and that, there did be the small shining of little fire-holes and pits, that did be alway red, save in that part where the poison gas did lie, the which we had now come safe past. And beyond the fire-holes was the great shine, that lay from the west unto the north of all that land and in verity we did need that we steer so that we come not anigh to it, neither unto the great red fire-pit of the giants, neither unto the low volcanoes, which were beyond the great red fire-pit, as you do know, and some ways unto the mouth of the upward gorge. And the way of our journey was between the west and the south-west of that land, and to be made with cunning and wisdom, that we come clear of all unseemly danger unto mine own and I asked her concerning this thing and that of the land, and surely she told me so much of terror that I was half in a wonder that ever I did live in the end to come unto her. And it was because of the things that she said out to me that I perceived how we must come nowise anigh to the low volcanoes that were upon this side of the mouth of the upward gorge, for it had been known alway in the lesser redoubt that there went very horrid men in that part that did be called wolf-men but whether there did be any such thing in that age she had no knowing, for she told me things that did be set down in the records and the histories, and truly no man of the lesser redoubt had found heart in a thousand great years to make a journeying through the land, for the desire of glad and dreadful adventuring, such as our young men did be offset to, though it was not all such that went and because there did be no adventuring for so monstrous a space of years, there was no certain new knowledge of that land of that age. And this thing is plain to you, and needing not of many words, which those who irk me. And Nani set out to me how that the shine was conceived to be a land where evil did live for ever, and whence came all those forces of evil that did work upon the lesser refuge. And afterward she did quiet, so that presently I perceived that she did weep to herself, because that her memory was all new stirred by my questionings. And I took her very gentle into mine arms, as we did be there kneeled upon the earth. And after that time I asked her no question, save as it did be needful to our health and life, yet oft did she tell me this thing and that of her knowledge, to be for mine help and guiding. Now we went forward, going a space toward the northwest, so that we came the more clear of the place where did be the great red fire-pit of the giants. 
and we journeyed with a care alway that we show not ourselves over plain unto the light that shone over the land from the great pit, and oft we did creep a while over this stark place and that, and went nimbly amid the bushes that grew oft in great parts. And we made six hours this way, and did then have pause that we eat and drink, and truly it was nine hours since first I did wake, yet had we made no pausing, because that we were so set to our journeying to come clear of the place where did be the giants. And after that we had eaten and drunk, we went onward again, and made now unto the southwest, for we did heed that we go no more unto the northwest, because that should bring us over near to the shine. And in the fourteenth hour of that day's travel we came to a part where the land dipped downward into a broad valley and surely it did be very dark down there, and did be seeming shallow, yet truly of a great deepness. But we went that way, because that it did be a weary long journey to go around the place where the valley did be. And the valley had a different darkness from the gloom that went alway in the olden seabed, for the gloom of the seabed did be ever of a grayness, but the gloom of this valley had a greater dark within it, yet did the air seem more clear. And we went downward three hours into the valley, and stopped then that we eat and drink, and truly I had not paused then, but that mine own did insist, for our methods did be like else to go all adrift, and we to be lacking of proper strength. And this was wisdom of the maid, but I to be a little irked-like and restless, and this may hap because that my blood did itch me, because that it did be so full of the poison of my bruises. And it was gone now of seventeen hours since last we did sleep, but yet did we be ready to go forward, that we come so quick as may be out of the dark of that valley, for there did seem nowheres any firehole to make a light, only that in this place and that there did be a little blue shining, as that there burned a strange gas in this part or that. Now in two hours after the time that we did eat, we stopped both of us very sudden, for there did be some vague and curious sound in the night. And we went very swift to the earth that we be hid and harked, but did hear nothing. And in a while we to go onward again, yet there did be an unease upon our spirits, for our spirits did perceive something afar off in the night but yet had we no surety in this matter. And we went forward through a great hour more, and did pass in that time two places where the blue shining did be, and truly it seemed as that a low gas hung to the earth in this part and that, and made a slow burning, having neither noise nor spurtings, but slow as that it did smolder and be all to shine and luminous and oft there did be a strong smelling of a bitter gas, very horrid in the throat. And in the end of another hour, while that we were a space off from one of those gas-shinings, there went past us at a distance, as it did seem people, running in the night, as that they did be lost spirits, yet with a rustling very soft, so that they did be like to be barefoot. And I thought, mayhap, that these did be some of the peoples of the lesser pyramid, yet did they be only as that shadows went among the blue shinings. And I pondered a moment whether that I send my voice over the valley, to question what they did be, 
but yet had caution and harked through the utter silence of the night, for I had no surety of aught. And surely, in that moment that we harked very keen, there did be a sound afar off in the night of the land, and it was as that we had heard the sound before, and in verity our spirits had perceived the sound those two hours back, and now our bodies did watch and perceived that we had known it subtly before that moment, and the sound was as that something went spinning in the night. And a very great terror came upon the maid, for she did know the sound, and the sound was that which did show that one of the great evil forces of the land did approach, and the sound had been known alway in the lesser refuge to show this thing. And indeed mine own spirit had been half to know that a power of evil did come through the night, but yet was the assurance very terrible, for how should I protect mine own? And the spinning came toward us, and was presently in the valley, and it came swiftly across the dark of the valley. And my heart was all broken within me, because that there had been happiness with us but a little time gone, and now there did be our death than I. And mine own gave me the knife that I had given to her, meaning that I slay her in the last moment, for she did heed even in that moment that she be not gashed horridly by the terror of the discos. And I took the knife, and I kissed not mine own, but stood there, very shaken and desperate, and gripped her fast unto me, scarce heeding the hardness of my gripe and alway I looked unto the way of the coming of the sound, and presently did unbear my wrist where the capsule did be. And the sound of the thing spinning came anigh across the valley, and my heart did dull and my spirit go black with my desperateness, because that this thing must be, and because that I could nowhere see hope that I should save mine own. And of a sudden the maid put up her arms, and pulled me downward, and kissed me once on the lips. But I wot not whether I kissed her, for I did burn with despair, and was all adrift in my being. Yet was there a sharp comfort that mine own dying did be so nigh. And the maid stood gently against me, so that she did be convenient unto my hand. And afterward I remembered this thing and do you pray that you be never to have such a matter on your hearts. But, indeed, there was a wonder in this thing beside the horror, so that my memory doth be alway knowing of this wonder, and mayhap you do see with me and love mine own also in your hearts. And in the moment that the maid stood thus, as I have told, I perceived sudden that there did be a little glowing in the night, and the glowing was pale and horrid and there was no more any sound of the spinning, only there did be, as it were, the trunk of a great tree that did show in the glowing, and the trunk of the tree came toward us across the darkness. And I turned the maid from the tree, and she did flutter a little in my hands, as I did know, scarce knowing, for she perceived that she did be going to die in that moment, and I had my body thus between the evil thing and the maid and lo, the tree came no more anigh to us, but went backward, and the pale glowing did fade, and the tree no more to be seen. And I cried unto the maid, very husky, that we did live, 
for that the evil power was gone off from us, but she answered not, and did be heavy against me, and I held her and looked all way about us, lest the tree come in upon the other side. And as I looked this way and that I saw naught, and afterward, in a moment, I searched the night above, lest that the thing come from above. And behold, I saw that there abode over us a clear light, as it were a clear burning circle, above us in the night. And my heart did leap with an holy joy and an utter great thankfulness, and I was no more in fear of the tree. For, in verity, there fought for our souls one of those sweet powers of goodness, that did strive ever to stand between the forces of evil and the spirit of man, and this matter have I shown to you before this time. And concerning this holy defence, I have thought that it should not, mayhap, to have had so strong a power to save us, if that we had shown an over-weakness and fear, but because that we did rather stand so well as we might to make battle of escape from so dire a destruction. And surely this doth seem but a sane thinking unto me, but yet without proof, and to be said to you only as the shapings of my thoughts. And this the chief end of that happening, that the holy circle did truly deliver us and burn through twelve great hours above us, and by this do I know that the evil power hovered anigh to destroy us all that while for indeed it doth not be a proper of reason to suppose that such an utter wondrous thing did be needlessly over us, save to be a shield of great and lovely force against a waiting evil thing. And surely you do see this wise with me. And truly, so soon as my spirit and reason perceived that we did be no more to suffer from the evil thing, I remembered that I did know that mine own had swooned and in verity you shall mind how that she did face her death so utter sweet and brave, and had given no cry, but made quietly to help me in that dreadful moment, and did stand brave and gentle to the stroke. And so fell into a swoon, as you have seen, because that she did suffer an hundred deaths as she did stand so brave waiting to be slain for the blow did be so long delayed, yet to come in any moment. And I gat her to come too unto her life again, and I set the lovely tale very swift to ease her, and surely with love and warmth and kissed her with a great joy. And I showed how I did honour her for her good courage. And she to weep a little, with the ease come so sudden upon her, and afterward to kiss me upon the lips an hundred times and to need that she be very safe in mine arms, because that I admit that I do so dread an office to her. And surely I do wonder whether you perceive all that did be then in her heart. And the holy light that did be over us she did watch with a sweetness of awe, and rest did come more great upon her in the heart, as she did learn how sure was the seeming of that lovely power to deliver us and presently we made forward again in the valley, and did go steadfast and newly loving each to the other, and so through twelve great and body-weary hours. But our hearts could never be done singing within us, nor our hands to cease from the hands of the other, because that we did so crave each unto the beloved. And in the ninth hour, a monstrous way off in the dark of the valley, 
there did seem as that there went a far and dreadful screaming in the night, and it did be as that our spirits perceived the sound of something spinning in the night, yet faint and a great way off, but yet had we no surety that we did truly hear the sound of the spinning, only we did be so shaken in the heart, for truly there was some horror done unto humans, downward in the mighty darkness of the valley. And to think upon the sound of the spinning was to be in a shaking trouble of the spirit, and to bless the quiet and holy light that went above us in all that time, and to ache only that it should stay to be to our protecting. And surely it did be plain that there were the signs of great forces in that land. And three hours after that time when we did hear the far-off screaming, we were come up over the edge of the valley, and did be once more unto such light as did be general in that land, and truly it did seem a wondrous lightness after so utter a dark. And we did be all exhaust, and mine own drew her feet so weary, that it was as that she must go no more until we did rest, for indeed it was three and thirty hours since last that we had slept and a bitter trouble and work there had been in that space, as you do know. Now we had eaten some of the tablets a few hours back, as we did walk, and had drunk some of the water, but had made no rest, for we did crave only that we come free of that valley, and now it was needful that we rest, if but a little time. And I minded that we find some place where I should have a hot pool, that I be able to bathe Nani's feet. And surely we came in a while to a hollow place, and there did be two dull-burning fire-holes in this place, and a hot bubbling spring, the which did seem to be a rare thing in that land, so that we were the more fortunate to perceive it. And I made mine own to sit, with her feet in the hot spring, for it was not over-hot, and did seem pretty natural to my taste, as I did prove in the first and also I did search about the hollow, lest there be any harmful creature near by, and this you have truly supposed, because you do know the methods of my journeying. But yet did I not have so much care as did be proper, for I was so dulled in the mind by reason of my weariness, but indeed there came not to work us any harm, and so we came to no suffering, through mine aches and dullness and I sat beside the maid, and made her to eat a tablet, and saw that the cloak did be nice about her, and her head to rest against my knee, and I laid the palm of my hand to be as a pillow, because of the armour to ease the hardness. And I eat with the maid, and we both drank after, and so there came back somewhat of our strength. Then I took the maid's little feet, and rubbed a portion of the ointment from the pot all about them, very gentle and constant and so did they be new-rested and eased, and she presently fit again to the journey, for I was strong set that we go quickly hence out of that land, and stay no more there to sleep, lest we come unto destruction. And when we had rested an hour I put the shoes again upon the maid, and made them secure, and so get my gear about me, and made to the journey. And, lo, as we did leave the hollow, I looked upward into the holy light, and behold, it was gone from us. And by this thing I supposed that we had come free of instant danger, 
but yet did there be to me a seeming of nakedness and unprotection, as you must perceive. And because that the light was vanished, I was the more set that we come speedy out of the land, and we went forward at a strong speed, and had the great red fire-pit of the giants to our rear unto the left, and a mighty way off in the night. But yet I did wish it the further. And before us was a small ridging up of the dark land, as I did judge, because that our view of the lights and the shinings was bounded, and to our left at a great way the low volcanoes, and somewhat to our right across all that part of the land went the cold and horrid glare of the shine. Now in a little while I felt that the ground did be sloped upward before us a little, and by this thing I saw that I had known aright, for that there did be a ridge that hid the land somewise over unto the part where I looked to find the mouth of the upward gorge. And we went up this slope at a strong pace, because that I was so eager that I find where we did be in nearness unto the mouth of the upward gorge. And surely I was something forgetful in mine eagerness, and came somewhat ahead of mine own, who did make to hide from me that she did begin to lag, because that her new strength was near gone from her. And sudden there did be a very dreadful cry to my back, and I came round in one instant, so quick as a light doth flash for it was the voice of mine own, and all my being did suddenly burn with fear that kindled through me in a moment of thought. And lo, mine own did struggle terribly with a yellow thing which I perceived to be a man with four arms, and the man had two arms about the maid, and with two did make to choke her unto death, for she cried out no more. And I came unto the man with a quick leaping, and stopped not to pluck the discos from my hip, and surely I did be very strong, and mine anger and rage to make me monstrous, for I caught the two upper arms of the man and brought them backward in an instant, so fierce and savage, and so wrenched upon them, that I brake them in the shoulders of the man. And the man roared and shrieked, even as a wild and dreadful beast should cry out, and came round upon me with the two lower arms. And surely it was a mighty and brutish thing and so broad and bulked as an ox, and the lower arms were huge and greatly haired, and the fingers of the hands did have the nails grown into horrid talons, as that they should grip very bitter. And it caught me by the thighs to rip me upward, as I did fear, but yet this did not be the intent of the man, for in a moment it caught me round the body, and on the instant I got the man by the great throat and the throat did be haired, and so great as the neck of a bull. And I strove with mine armoured hands that I choked the man, and surely I made it to suffer great trouble, yet I could not harm it in the life. And so I did be an horrid minute, and fought with the beast with no more than the strength of my body. And it was as that an human went with his hands to slay a monster so strong as an horse and the breath of the man-beast came at me, and did sicken me, and I held the face off from me, for I had died with horror, if that it had come more anigh, and surely the mouth of the man was small and shaped so that I knew that it did never eat of aught that it did slay, but to drink as a vampire, and in truth I did mean that I chopped the man to pieces, 
if that I have chance to the discos. And I did sway this way and that as we did struggle, and surely it was as that the man had never made to use the lower arms save to hold unto prey, the while that it did use the upper arms to strangle, as I do think. For all that weary minute of the fight the man made not to loose from me, that it should tear my hands from their grip to the throat, but made vain waggings with the arms that I break, as that it would use these to the attack, but surely they had no more power to do hurt. And sudden it put forth an utter power about my body, so that mine armour did be like to crack, and truly I had died in a moment, but for the strongness of the armour, and the man hugged me thus for an horrid time, the while that I did hold off from me the brutish face and gripped very savage into the haired throat. And lo, the creature did work slow in the brain, and in the end loosed from me, abrupt, and went back with a leap, so that my hands did be ripped from the throat of the beast. And in one instant it did be back unto me, and gave me no moment to free the discos. But I made anew to fight, and shaped as I had learned in the exercises of mine upbringing, for truly I had been alway deep in practice of such matters and I slipped from the great hands of the man as it did try to take me by the head, and I hit the man with mine armoured fist, and put a great power and skill to the blow. And I went instant to the side with a swift stepping, and evaded the man, and I smote the man again and took him very savage in the neck. But all the while grown very cold and brutal and cruel, for I was set to the slaying and the man-beast came round on me, and lo, I slipped the grip of the great hands, and my body and my legs and my arms did work together unto that last blow, so that I did hit so hard as a great hammer. And I gat the beast in the throat, and the beast went backward to the earth, even as it did think to hold me. And lo, in a moment I was free, and I plucked forth the discos from my hip, and the yellow beast-man grunted upon the ground, and it rose up again to come at me, and it stood and did grunt, and did seem as that I was gone mazed, for it did make other sounds and an horrid screeching, so that truly, by the way of it, I conceived that it cried out unknown and half-shapen words at me. And in a moment it came again at me, but I cut the head from the beast-man that was in verity an horrid monster and the man died and was quiet upon the earth. And truly, in that moment, the distress of mine efforts and mine utter tiredness and the ache of the bruises took me, so that I do surely think I rocked as I stood. But yet was my head strong to think and my heart set in anxiousness, for I wotted not how great and hurt had been done upon mine own. And I ran to her and came to where she did be upon the ground, and surely she was all huddled, and had her hands very piteous to her throat, that did be so pretty. And it did shake me in that moment that she was truly slain, for she was gone so utter still, and as that she did be broken unto death. And I took her hands from her throat, and surely it did be a little torn, yet not to be much, or so that it should loose her of her dear life. And I strove that I steady the trembling of my hands, and I got free of mine armoured gloves, and made that I feel whether her throat did be deadly hurt. And in verity it seemed not so, 
only that my hands did so shake because that I was so frightened for my own, and because that I was but new come from the battle, and because of this I had not power of touch to assure me. I made then that I quieted my breath, which did yet come very full and labored, and I put mine ear above the heart of the maid, and lo, her heart did beat, and the horridness of my fear went from me in a moment. And I had the scrip from my back very speedy, and some of the water to fizz, and I dashed the water upon her face and upon her throat, and surely there did be a little quivering and an answering of her body. And I strove with her for a while more, and she came unto her life again, and in the first she was all alack, as you may think, and immediately she began that she remembered, and she then to shake. And I told her how that the four-armed man was surely dead, and could harm her no more, and she then to weep, because that she had been put to such shock and horror, and held by so brutish a thing. But I took her into mine arms, and so she did come presently to an ease, and I perceived in all my being that she was as a little ship that doth lie in harbour, for she did cling and nestle unto me, and did be safe with me in all her heart and body and belief. And surely she was mine own, and I to have glory in that knowing. And presently I put her from mine arms to lie, yet so that she might not perceive the body of the yellow beast-man. And I made clean the discos from her sight, and afterward I put on the scrip, and I took the maid to mine arms again, and had the discos in my hand beside her. And she made protest that she should truly walk, for that I was all aweary, and she come to her strength again. And, indeed, I carried her a certain way, and did then put her down to her feet, and truly her knees did so tremble that she had not stood let be to walk. And I caught her up again, and I kissed her, and I told her that I did be surely her master in verity, and she mine own baby slave. And truly you shall not laugh upon me, for I was so human as any, and a man doth talk this way with his maid. And she did be quiet and sweet and to obey wisely, for she was gone very weak. And this wise we did go and I to say loving words in the first, but afterward I did heed more of my going, now that she was something eased, and at rest within mine arms. And I did peer everywhere about, lest that some other evil thing come outward of the bushes, to have at us, ere I did wear. And truly, the bushes grew here and there in that place very plentiful in great dumpings. And presently I was come to the top part of the ridge, and lo, a great gladness took me, and some amazement. For there did be lights that did be in the mouth of the upward gorge, and they did show me that I was come anigh to that place. Yet had I feared that we were surely a dozen great miles off, and now I to learn that we did be scarce of two or maybe three, as I did judge. And I told this thing to the maid, and she rejoiced in mine arms, with a deep and quiet thankfulness and I set forward then at so good a pace as I might, and I was come into the mouth-part of the upward gorge in about an hour, and surely I did be very weary, for it was beyond six and thirty hours that we had gone since we last did sleep, 
and there had been sore labor and terror to our share in that time, as I have told. And I turned in the mouth of the gorge and told my known, very gentle, that we did take our last look upon that land, and she asked that I put her down to her feet, and I put her down. And therewith we stood in that place, and mine arm about her, and so did I support the maid, the while that she looked silent over the dark of the land. And presently she asked in a very hushed voice whether that I knew where the lesser pyramid did be in all that darkness, for she was all adrift of her bearings and was as a stranger, because that she had never looked upon the land from that place before then. And I showed her where I thought the pyramid to stand hid in the everlasting night, and she nodded, very quiet, as that she did think that wise also. And so a time did pass, and I knew that Nani said good-bye forever unto all that she had known of the world in all her life, and she did be whispering a good-bye in her soul unto her dead. And I was very hushed and deeply sorrowful for the maid, and did understand, for in verity there should no other human look upon that land of terror through all the quiet of eternity, and the maid did lose all her young life into that blackness, and the father that was her father, and the grave of her mother, and the friends of all her years. And there went death in the land even then after those that did live. And mine own shook a little within mine arm, so that I knew she strove that she be brave to weep not. But afterward she made not to cease from her tears, and truly I was there to be her understanding and she did be sweet and natural ever with me, for she was mine own, and did be hourly the more so. And presently I moved a little to sign that we go downward of the gorge, and she stayed me one moment that she look once more over all that land, and afterward she submitted and turned with me and did break into a very bitter sobbing as she did go stumbling beside me, for the sorrow of memory did fill her and she was truly a very lonesome maid in that moment, and had come through much dreadfulness. And in a minute I stooped and lifted her, and she wept in mine arms against mine armor, and I very silent and tender with her, and carried her downward of the gorge for a great hour more. And presently she was grown calm, and I knew that she slept in mine arms. And in this wise we made farewell of that dark land, and left it unto eternity. End of chapter 11, part 2